Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> so you got a birthday coming yeah, up. How old are you going to be? 34. 34. So you survived the year, the Almost. year of Jesus. <laughs> Not through it yet. You got, you got one more day yeah. and then you can say <laughs> you made it through your, uh, your Jesus year. Yeah. Isn't that kind of funny how people will do that in the Catholic circle? They're like, whoa, Jesus year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is cool that we all know that like 33 is the year. Um, but it's also the year that he was crucified <laughs> and died. And, uh, so it's your martyrdom year. Yeah. And it's felt like it, let me tell you. Yeah. But the the heavens and the earth are throwing a party for me um, with this huge snowstorm on my birthday. That's right. Huge snowstorm. <laughs> huge. There'll probably be an accumulation of half an inch. And don't get me wrong. In <laughs> Dallas, that is something serious. And who knows? Maybe it'll be more than that. But it is. Uh, the Northeast is laughing at us. Northeastern scorn. <laughs> In your pride. <laughs> My parents uh, came into town. So we, we Nikki and I went on a little trip. Uh, we like to call it a baby moon. But um, it's instead of a honeymoon, baby moon, before you, you know, have the babies due in May. And so, whereas Fran likes to call it baby's moons. Okay. Yeah. Because she's you know, got like a lot she, of Philly going yeah, on. Yeah, she's, she's from the Northeast. So she just adds an S <laughs> adds to an S to everything. everything. So... So yeah, we went, use guys, um, uh, we went to the North, uh, we did not go to the Northeast. <laughs> we went to Arizona. Um, oh. we went to a conference there, but then we spent a few days after the conference in Sedona. Beautiful. Have you ever been to Sedona? Sedona in California? No, Sedona, Arizona. Oh, that's Sonoma in California. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Oh my gosh. So no, anyway, I've never been. I've Sedona, never heard of Sedona. Ariz- you never what is heard it? of it's Sedona? It's a city or yeah. it's like a park? Or? Uh, it's not a park. It's a city. <laughs> um, everyone from Arizona is extremely offended now. Um, so the point was we went there and uh, my parents. Is it like near Phoenix or? About two <laughs> hours only, north and then two hours from the Grand Canyon. So near Flagstaff. Have you heard Flagstaff? Yeah, yeah, there's golf tournaments connected with it. Okay. Um, is the Grand Canyon in Arizona? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are you kidding me I, right now? No, I'm not. I thought it was like Nevada. Or Literally, something. it says on their license plate, the Grand Canyon State. <laughs> okay. More respect for Arizona oh right now. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. So. Yeah, so your parents, you were saying. Yeah, my parents came in, and so to watch the kids... They split it between my parents for a few days and then Nikki's mom for a few days. And so, um, but my parents, like the Northeast was getting like pounded with like nine inches of snow. Yeah. Yet they were still able to clear a runway, land a plane going, what did they go? 700 miles an hour? I have no <laughs> Something idea. like that. And here we're preparing for... Like, I saw people Wait, yesterday. <laughs> I don't think they're going 700 miles an hour when they land on the runway. Probably close. No, that's... Yes, yes, 700 <laughs> miles an hour. Can we get a pilot? <laughs> Can we get... Tell us how... Uh, like, 
that sounds like a lot even for top speed in the air, but they're not going I don't think you can just like stall out. That's what, what do the you flaps think you're going are for. <laughs> okay, mister, you don't even know where the Grand Canyon is. Now you know about aeronautics. Flight simulator. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great game. So, um, yeah, so they're able to land. They're able to land going 700 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, uh, yeah, and like go back to their regular life. Nothing was interrupted. No schools closed. Mm-hmm. No, you know, grocery stores. And here, I mean, I saw people scrambling, it, just driving through a neighborhood. Like they're trying to cover their plants or trying to do this and that. I get it. You know, plants will die with the freeze. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like we're preparing for the end of the world. It seems like people talk about it like that. Mm-hmm. Although the only example you've given is a legitimate example of not wanting your plants to die. But um, Well, not wanting your plants to die. The <laughs> grocery stores are even more like the, the shelves are more. I don't know. Do you buy groceries for yourself? So yeah, you have sometimes. To do that? But yeah. I travel a lot. So I also try and not keep <laughs> much at the house. Exactly. So you go to the grocery um, store. Everything's wiped out. Like I was going to go today for three weeks just because I'm finally back from all my my voyages voyages <laughs> yeah so where have you been tell our listeners a little mm, bit yeah um well i've been I'll, I'll just tell you the most recent one uh i just got off an eight-day silent retreat Ooh. in florida in tampa it was put on by the institute of priestly formation who uh, are otherwise known as ipf mm-hmm. and have been kind of a force in uh, training priests and seminarians in spirituality. And um, they have a summer program we send all our seminarians to. Um, and uh, they're great spiritual directors. And so that's that was really what this retreat was about. It was uh, just complete silence. There wasn't any like big talks every day or anything like that. Um, and I made, like you were expected to make four holy hours each day. Um, Four holy hours. Nice. Yeah. Like that's the reason you were there. And then you met for one hour to talk about it with your director and see what the Lord was doing. And then maybe where he was leading you next and Mm -hmm. what passages from scripture you were going to pray with or those kind of things. Um, But that was really it. I mean, we, we celebrated mass every day too. So we spoke during that, but no other time, but we ate, we ate meals in silence. We, walked in silence i don't know like <laughs> I, I went for a run every day kind of a run walk so you thing. can like you can leave the confines of the building or no not really yes yeah, okay. yeah no you're completely free to to go run and this retreat center it was a beautiful place um with these little lakes kind of florida ponds mm-hmm. pond lakes um <laughs> there were alligators in them <laughs> oh um and i was told many times to beware of the alligators uh including from our own bishop who knows the place. Um, and he nice. said, and I said, I was going out there and he was like, Oh, that's great. Great. I'm so glad for you. Yeah. Watch out for the alligators. And I was like, <laughs> funny joke, Bishop. And he's like, no, really watch out for the alligators. <laughs> watch out for the alligators. But it was the best retreat I've ever been on. I've, we, we made retreats. You've been on a lot of retreats. I have. Um, we, we may <laughs> <I> have, <laughs> no, just true. I'll acknowledge it. Um, yeah, we, we made a five-day retreat every year in seminary. Mm. Um, 
And then as a priest, I'm required to make a retreat every year. And uh, last year I kind of made two. It was complicated. but um, And uh, sometimes in the past I've gone to monasteries and kind of just joined their life. Um, and other times I've made retreats like this where you go somewhere that's that's more just just like there, there might be other people there but you're just doing your own thing right um and yeah it was it was fantastic the lord is really good <laughs> and i didn't think i particularly needed this retreat um i felt like he had been doing a lot in my life already i was in a good place yeah um there's some spiritual just renewal happening in me and and uh I was I was wrong because he he did a lot of just calling me to focus on him and to trust in him and increasing my faith and bring about healing even from from stuff like when I was a teenager that mm. I just never thought about. I mean the big grace if yeah if I can share it was uh on the very last night that I was there. Or not that's not true. On Saturday night. I left on Monday morning. Right. But Saturday night, so um I had been sleeping a lot. <laughs> like kinda, you know, eight hours of sleep a night plus a, a one hour, one and a half hour nap every afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and so and I knew it was gonna catch up with me. Like right. I wouldn't be able to sleep one night. Um, right. but I also went for runs every afternoon. Try to Yeah. yeah. Try to uh, get some energy out. Yeah, and tried not to drink so much coffee in the right. evening, but I don't know. Um, and the runs were good. I did this kind of run-walk thing because I'm not a great runner. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but it worked until Saturday, and it was Saturday night, very early Sunday morning when I was just tossing and turning. And then just the Lord brought to mind two people that I needed to forgive mm-hmm. from when I was a teenager, that never thought about him like that. Um, and just in an instant, it's like a recognition. I need to forgive them. Uh, they also, like, I don't blame them. They weren't, you know. Right. Th- there was an understanding of the contributing factors. Um, and also just this grace to forgive easily and effortlessly. Like, it, yeah. it all just happened in a moment. Like, I need to forgive them. I do forgive them. And it was there was such a, a sense of freedom there. Yeah. Like a concrete, visceral freedom. If it, it felt like there was a piece of shrapnel or something mm. that the Lord just like took out of my side that I didn't know had been there because it had just been in a cyst or something for so long. Like a gross image. I was trying to avoid yeah, that yeah, image. Yeah. But but like very, very freeing, very beautiful right. uh, experience, not when I expected it to be. And and really, I didn't come into the retreat thinking that, you know, I'm struggling with forgiveness yeah. uh, um, from my past. And, and it, it was a really, really beautiful thing. And then all Sunday, there were all of these like little kind of confirmations <laughs> that that mm. seemed kind of unnecessary. Like it's like, it's like I believe that this happened. I'm not I'm not struggling to think like, oh, that was just all in my head or it was kind of a dream. Like I I, I know that that moment happened where right. I recognized I need to forgive them and 
I did by the grace of God, and it was easy, and it brought peace and freedom. But um, <laughs> but then there were all these other little things uh, on Sunday, just that were were almost like like God sort of teasing you, and and being like like you see what I'm doing, <laughs> like look at it how unified uh, my plan for you is and how complete in every detail. And one of the funniest ones is uh, there was this, it was a vocation director retreat, right? So right. Uh, vocation directors from all across the country were invited. Um, and there were probably 20 something of us there. Uh, some guys did five days, some days guys did eight. One of the guys doing eight. Um, I didn't know him. Like I recognized him, but we don't really know each other. Right. Um, but there's sort of a camaraderie that builds in the silence because uh, you're all in the chapel at the same time and you're passing each other on the trail and you're eating meals at roughly the same time, even if it's all in silence. Right. And normally when you pass somebody on a trail, you'll sort of like make eye contact and like acknowledge them and then look back down. Um, cause it's kind of weird to pretend like people don't exist Yeah. <laughs> just cause you're being silent. So I was running and I was almost done with my run and, uh, he was walking towards me and we did that sort of like acknowledge. And then he sort of stepped off to the side. And I thought it was a funny thing because like he didn't need to move further over. Right. Um, and it was maybe a 10 foot wide path in between these two bodies of water. And something just came over me where I was like, he needs this and, (laughs) and we'll be able to, to receive it too. And so I just, I ran as if I was going to run past him, and then I turned and just took a hard step at him and went <laughs> like that, as if I was going to push him in the water. And he went, <laughs> so he broke his silence. Yeah, and and then immediately after it, he was like, because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, this guy has brothers, so do I. Like we know how this works. Ah. Uh, Josh push him in the other. alligator pit. Yeah, push him in the alligator pit. And and I did that, and I kept running uh afterwards and like as this guy was like walking around the lake and i was thinking like yeah he's gonna be like well that was you know kind of random he got me ha 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 but then in the silence like i know it's gonna be two or three times around the lake he's he's gonna stop and think like what in the world was that like where did that come from (laughs) right like i don't know that guy (laughs) after he meets you in the airport just (laughs) tries to like Pin you down the corner. So like I kind of felt bad. Like in the moment I was like I was like I I think this is from the Lord. He needs to be cheered up or something. Like this is this is not gonna hurt his retreat. Um, even if it's silly. But then afterwards, like the seeds of doubt come in. I was like, did I just tank this guy's retreat and send it spiraling down the drain and like Yeah. Or is he just like fuming and like can't get past this thing? Um his, his side uh, <laughs> forgiveness yeah, is now right. from you. And I was like, what have I done? What came over me? <laughs> what have I done? Um, but then on the, the last day, after that beautiful grace of forgiveness, um, uh, early that morning, I was going for a run later that day, and I was in the walking part of my mm-hmm. run walk. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at my watch as I was walking, waiting for the timer to come up. Uh, so I'd start running again, and I heard this little rustle next to me. 
kind of by the lake, and I was maybe 10 feet away from the, the lake. Yeah. And I thought to myself, oh, it's a bird, because there were all these, like, big herons and cranes and stuff, weird Florida right. birds around. They're really cool, but they're big, and they were everywhere. And I was right. like, oh, it's a bird. Um, and then I heard another rustle crack, and I was like, it's an alligator. <laughs> and this is eight days into the silence, so you're kind of like... Kind of goofy. Yeah. Um, You're ready to but, talk to anything. But, I, and this was all in my head. I didn't say anything. But, but like, I'd wanted to see an alligator after all the hype, and I hadn't seen one yet because it was kind of cold. And apparently, when it's cold, they just like sink under the water or something and just try to lay there dormant. Yeah. Like they can't move. There was this whole thing with iguanas, like getting so cold that they couldn't move anymore. And then falling off of trees and hurting stuff, like hitting people and cars. That happened in, in Tampa. Nice. And it, it was because of that big northeastern snowstorm. Right. The tail of it came down. And so it was like around freezing for a little bit. Right. But anyway, point is, I'd wanted to see an alligator the whole time. Um, and I, I was also kind of scared to see one. Um, it's like, what do I do? How big are they? Um and so when I thought, it's an alligator, I like turned half excited, half afraid. And instead it was the same vocation director who was running past me over there. And I jumped like out of my skin <laughs> when I saw him, like actually jumped Payback. up and turned. And then he he broke the silence and he called out and he was like, I wouldn't even try to. I moved way over here. I wasn't even trying to scare you. And I was just like, divine payback. Divine payback. It's amazing. Every detail is complete. The Lord works. <laughs> and it just made me crack up. So it was it was such a a good um time for me. Uh and I I've I've only been back a day, so So um, here's my biggest question from that. You leave for eight days in the NFL. Just <laughs> Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Matthew Stafford makes it to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady retires. He, he I didn't even see that. You didn't I, even... I haven't really checked that much of the news since I've been back. Yeah, because uh, I'm he, still riding the silence wave a little bit. But silence wave, nice. Like, yep. Tom Brady done. Twenty two seasons. Wow. We've probably seen the greatest NFL player ever. Yeah, I don't know. My prediction is I'm um, I'm already moving on from Tom Brady. Um <laughs> I think Joe Burrow, first Super Bowl. No. And he's gonna start just no. sweeping no. this magnificent dynasty of seven victories. he'll have seven Super Bowls and go to like what did he go to? Like fifteen <laughs> AFC championship games or NFC like child's play. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> greatest uh, greatest NFL yeah quarterback we've ever seen yeah greatest yeah he's maybe nfl player he is the goat i i mean i never liked tom brady in his heyday but then at the once he went to tampa yeah well at the it's just like at some point you have to start respecting him and then i also got him on my fantasy team and so i i really needed to root <laughs> for him but um you had to hope he actually carried me well deep now. into the playoffs that's right um <laughs> Yeah, so he's retired. Yeah, so that's another thing about the retreat. Like, my phone was off the whole time. Mm. I did not check anything. Now, is that 
I was going to go into a few questions about retreats because mm-hmm. yeah. um, people often ask about it. I feel like Nikki and I in Sedona, Arizona, not to be confused with Son- California. Sonoma Valley. Or sure. Um, you know, we kind of... I feel like made a marriage retreat, you know, um, mm-hmm. for both of us and had time for uh, prayer and relaxing and just, you know, things that you don't get often with children. Um, I think we're both big on the fact that you should do that every year. Um, as somebody who has kids and young kids, I think it's very difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. and so that looks different ways for, for different people. But, um, Go back to a statement you said about you're required to do a retreat every yeah. year. Is that all priests? Is that Diocese of Dallas? Like That's in canon law, universal canon law for all priests. And um, is there like leeway? What like does it say what a retreat is? Uh no, and it doesn't say like, you know, you've committed a mortal sin if you don't do this. Um so it's it's not that kind of requirement. Mm-hmm. Um under pain of sin or something like that but it is a you know it's not how to put it like i know that that there are priests who don't make their retreat um Mm -hmm. and uh i think they just feel too busy and then they maybe get out of the habit and they're like well maybe next year i'll be able to and right and so it starts to slide but um and so, like that—that's a reality, and um, and I don't think that like they're transgressing this this great commandment in that right. sense. But I do think it's there for a reason, and the church isn't it is like this isn't negotiable for a reason because yeah. like you can't <laughs> without Jesus says without me you can do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like um, uh, our ministry is completely dependent on our relationship with Him. Um, for, so its, you, for its fruitfulness. So why do you think then if you apply that same principle to uh, lay leaders, mm-hmm. maybe somebody like a youth minister who's employed by the church, right? Like, isn't it interesting? Like no, not no spiritual requirements, but <clears throat> no spiritual requirements like are, yeah, are, are made for that. You know, I've, I've seen more Protestant churches having things like, Hey, after seven years, you have to take like, you know, a significant mm-hmm. sabbatical, sabbatical, um, and be away <laughs> so that there's other people trained. There's other people learned like yearly retreats, things like that. Um, you know, it, it makes me at times worried about the health of, you know, the workers we have. And, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Like, I think, Myself, I play into that as well, you know, like to be able to say, okay, I can find, I'm sure, three days to go away in silence, you know, barring that my child's not being born, right? Um, you know, that I should be able to find that for Nikki. I should be able to find that for me. My employees should be able to have that, right? Uh, other, uh, same employees, youth and children's ministry, right? Like, what are we doing to try to promote that culture, not just in our priests, but in our, you know, in our churches so that they're healthy? Because um, I'm not sure, you know, um, it's sad to think about, but I'm not sure the Catholic Church is the healthiest in um, employees and their spirituality. And that's a, that's a scary thing. 
No, I, I, I mean, I do agree. Uh, I, I really do. Um, when you're a bishop, you'll be able to change things. Well, I think even. <laughs> even <laughs> I like how you don't dis. You, you don't yeah. say no. You're like yeah. No, I was I was already going to make another point, and I was just trying to move on to it. And then I was like, wait, what am I acknowledging? <laughs> no. Um, but uh, like we're having this this sort of huge diocesan synod over the next ten years, which mm-hmm. is in a lot of ways like a strategic planning, uh, kind of process right. for the diocese. I know synod's got a bad name i think we've talked about the synod yeah. before here but like i really am, if not look it up online yeah i mean you you can we're we're trying really hard with the to keep the the website as up-to-date as possible and and with a lot of faqs as well as the proceedings from different things and faqs <laughs> and like i'm on the preparatory commission for it and um so like I'm, I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing there. I, right. I really am. It's um, because I was a little jaded about like synods in general when we started, but yeah, I think it could be a great thing for our diocese, and it provides an opportunity for this kind of thing specifically, right? Because what you're talking about is is a reform of a lot of of policies as well as culture. Um. Because, I mean, what, so to to provide that kind of spiritual support right. for employees of the church, which I agree is a good that is worth, uh, like, striving for. I think it's really important. I've not been around parish life that long, and I'm already seeing employees uh, getting burnt out, taking on just, like, a ton of stuff. Right. And... Also, you know, having their family and it's just, where is, where is the support for their spiritual life in a, in a structural and cultural way, aside from an individual way. Right. Um, so I, I really do agree with you that this is a good worth promoting, but just thinking through the logistics of it, like, um, employees, a lot of them do have families. So you have to take that into account, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to take into account how their um how their salaries and everything work because that's like it's a very different process with priests um and uh and you also have to convince convert the hearts of employees for this being something worthwhile right, right. because it's not like, just a checkbox yeah i mean it's the same kind of it's a similar principle as convincing somebody that the pearl of great price in the spiritual life is to make a period of like silence and prayer with the, with the scriptures every day, something like a holy hour doesn't have to be a, an hour. It could be 30 minutes, but like that's, that's something that's very easy for people to, to say like, that's kind of extra. I'll put that off for when I have time. Mm-hmm. I don't have time right now, but like, I'm thoroughly convinced that that is the most important thing uh, that you can do for your spiritual life. Besides, besides going to confession and and like striving to root out habits of sin that are yeah. holding back the flowering of grace in your life. So having a regular sacramental life, but to receive the sacraments fruitfully, we have to have a living faith, and that's the way that our faith is cultivated: is 
through prayer that is consecrated time to be with God in silence with the scriptures and just sitting there with him. Yeah. Um, And so until we can convince people, right? And I say convince because like it requires sacrifice. And so there is a conversion of heart necessary for this being like, this is that important right? that I need to do this every day. That it's not, it's not just something extra, um, for like the pros or for right. whatever the consecrated people, um, and yeah, uh, I, I think you get my point. Like the the same conversion of heart towards daily prayer, right? I think would be necessary on a on kind of a large scale to like I need this time away, right? Not. Not as a vacation, but a time to be with the Lord. Like retreats sound really, really sort of idyllic, but they're really hard. Like it's hard to make four holy hours every day. Yeah. Um, and actually pray and not seek to escape the silence. Right. Um, not just let your mind wander. Everything. And so, so like that's why you put in safeguards. Like, that's why I didn't use any electronics the entire time. That's why I didn't read anything outside. But that's not a requirement. Uh, it's a strong encouragement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but no, there's, there's, there's no requirement. It's the point is converting your heart to see the silence as an opportunity to, to encounter God and to let Him encounter you and and transform your heart in that, in that silent being with Him. Yeah. Um, and that's an uncomfortable thing. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're not used to it. And so, like, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I think there's a lot of, like, to make this a reality where this is the norm, um, like, there's a lot of things uh, that would have to be coordinated and done intentionally and with, with like, a real drive. But, that's exactly the kind of thing that a long synod process can accomplish. Right. Um, just like if you wanted institutional reform at a, at a corporation, like you would have to set a strategic plan and say, these are our goals and this is how we're moving towards that big goal. Um, it kind of sounded like I said, big gulp there, uh, (laughs) towards towards that, that big gulp in the sky. (laughs) Um, and, uh, so anyway, I'm I'm rambling, but yeah, yeah. but like, yeah, I I totally agree. Um, now you mentioned uh, just for our listeners, so you mentioned eight days. You tend to hear about three day, eight day retreats, f- five day. Is there significance with the amount of days and the silence? And I've also heard heard thirty day silent retreat. Right. Yeah. Um, what's the longest you've done? Is there significance with that day? It's just the Ignatian spirit, like spiritual exercises, right? Yeah. I mean, there's tons of different ways to make a retreat. Um, and the Ignatian, uh, model is not the only one, mm-hmm. but that's the one that, that my retreat was this time. And they tend to do three, five, eight, and 30 to my knowledge. Uh, 30 is, what Ignatius had like the first Jesuits do. Um, and they would sort of come out of this 30 day silent retreat, just completely on fire, given over totally to the Lord, like Lord send me where you will. 
Right. Um, and uh, I think that's what gave him a, a lot of that fire. And Jesuits still do that. Uh, they, they all still do. Have you? 30 days. You haven't done 30. I've never done a 30 day. Um, Is eight the most? Eight's the most. This was the first time I've done eight. It's always been five before. Uh, maybe there was one that was a little bit longer, but I can't. I can't really think of it right now. Um, Dude, 30 days in silence. Dude, at, at the end of, of eight, I was like, I could do 30. I can see it. Because, like, like, it I'm, took I'm you a few it, days to easy. get into it, right? Yeah, it seems to get easier every every time. Like, you going on a retreat in some ways is, is like a, a a skill you acquire. Right. Like you, you learn kind of how to deal with the silence and, and what is useful and what isn't mm-hmm. like exercising every day. Like you have to do that. Otherwise after two days you start to feel restless and cooped up. Um, you have to get out and walk around or do something outside. If you're going to spend that much time inside praying, uh, you have to have a certain freedom, but also some structure. And it's just, there's, there's different things that you learn over time, but it also like how you prepare yourself to go into the retreat. And this is also true for going into a holy hour, going into celebration of mass. Yeah. Like it's very different to be just like blasting the radio or whatever <laughs> on the way there, like rocking out and then just turn off everything right as you're entering the church. Right. Then to, and like be walking in right as mass is starting. Right. Like you're just, you're not prepared to enter into that, that like seeking an encounter with the Lord. Um, there needs to be some time to settle down. And so you can, you can prepare yourself to go on a retreat Yeah, and enter into it more quickly. Or sometimes you just, I mean, there were guys there who had just finished like high school retreats <laughs> um, or, or like some, you know, running a conference or something for vocations. Right. And then the next day they went into this. And so for them, it's like they were going full steam and then just stop. And yeah, it does take a while to decompress. Jeez. Um, I look forward to doing it. I'm going to, uh, I want to definitely try to do a three day silent retreat. Yeah. I just can't even picture with, uh, and Parents can relate to this. Not that you can't, but you can't. Um, like the amount of noise, even if every kid was, l- let's just say like they have headphones on or they're watching. T- like there's just always noise. Like young kids, mm-hmm. all of that. Like I can't picture. Well, I can because I was just away with Nikki where there mm-hmm. was like, you almost feel awkward in the silence because it's like, yeah are my ears about to explode? I can hear everything. You like get your spidey senses, like spider. Yeah, the senses like, start to come alive a little bit. Yeah. There was a, yeah. And then if you're in the silence for long enough, like there's things that just can seem kind of silly, but you can't tell anybody about it. <laughs> like there was this on that same Sunday afternoon when I was running around a different lake after I'd already been scared by that guy. Yeah. Um, there was this, this heron one of these white herons just like standing there. Um, And I heard this duck quacking and I was looking everywhere for the duck because I'm like, that's not the noise that herons make. It sounds like a duck. 
but I couldn't find any ducks. Like the heron was the only bird there. And then I was like, but if it quacks like a duck, then it's a duck. Is it a duck? <laughs> and just like, like, whoa. <laughs> and it was like, I need to get out of the silence. <laughs> <You did>? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask as we, so did you see an alligator? No, never. Oh man. Well, there's always next time. Yeah. <laughs> there's always next time. Hey, you'd like to submit a question, go to uh, stanamparish.org slash PTP or prodigalinthepriest at gmail.com. Good talking to you. Go make a retreat. Take care. God bless.